0: This is the Horse Radio Network.
1: This is episode 366 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, KPP, and EcoVet. Tonight, we're bringing you nine tips to help your dressage tests. We discuss keeping your horse cool in hot weather with Dr. Emily, and Judge Jennifer R. Roth is back to talk about first level.
2: This is Reese Copler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky,
1: and this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario. And you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Plus, as a special highlight, because he's super famous now and he doesn't come <laughs> on our show anymore, <laughs> Glenn the Geek.
0: Hey guys, it's good hey! to be back talking dressage. Yeah, I know, and so we're glad equal. we are.
2: We we are having a technical issue, so we are really glad that Glenn is here. It seems to work much better when he's here. And, uh, but I, we are having no, terrible let, let's storms. clarify
0: that. Reese yeah, is having a technical exactly. issue. Philip and I are is. fine. We're, we're
2: <laughs> <laughs> you guys are good. I have like every computer thing out that I could even possibly try to get out, but we are having terrible storms and my internet is just not working. So I'm on the phone tonight. So I'm sorry about that, but, um, Uh, We're here. We're all safe and sound. Everyone's tucked in. uh,
1: Yeah, I think everybody can understand that rural Kentucky is not especially so great. Right.
2: (laughs) We have great internet. And, you know, I feel, I even feel, you know, my storms will be gone. But everybody in Texas, I I really, oh, I feel for you guys. So I hope everybody's safe down there. But everybody in the south is getting really bad storms right now. So I feel for everybody. So we apologize about um, my sound. So I hope. uh, And Philip and Glenn are kicking in. I can't even get our show notes up, so <laughs> I'm off well, the hook. I love it. We're
0: just glad you're here because I really cannot help with the nine tips for dressage success. That's <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm, well, I'm, we're I'm excited. Heels yeah. down. That's about what I got. Right. Heels
1: down. <laughs> yeah. Well you can <laughs> well, give us you, you can give us the horse radio network updates. Since we haven't had them in a while.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I want to make sure everybody knows that the app has now been updated to include all 10 shows on the network. So Healthy Critters Radio and the Rodeo cool. Marketing Show. If you're if you're in marketing at all in the horse world, if you're marketing shows, events, or if you're a professional rider, even dressage riders who are looking for sponsors, then I would listen to the Rodeo Marketing Show because what they're talking about is, is marketing. They're talking about marketing events, and they're also talking about how athletes get sponsorship. And what they're doing is they're talking to the biggest sponsors in the world, and they're asking them what they look for in an athlete, and what they want to see, so it's been very interesting that show. Um, yeah. So, and they, they're we
2: now. need to listen. Phil and I all listen. Yeah. Too. Listen. I, you know,
0: I've been learning a lot from that show because they're really talking to the people who are in there and giving out the money. So, uh, That's awesome. yeah. And they're also going outside the horse world. They're they're bringing skiers in and think, people who have been successful at it, you know, more than we have, and in other sports. And they're bringing them in to see if we can learn from them. So it's pretty awesome. cool. Pretty awesome. cool show. Pretty, awesome. pretty yeah, cool.
1: It sounds like a great show.
0: Yeah, that just started uh, twice a month. And then Healthy Critters Radio is rocking and rolling and doing very well. And that's, uh, that's all about dogs, cats, chickens, horses, and all coming from the health point of view.
1: All the critters.
0: All the critters. And the app is updated also. It has a live player now on it, which we didn't have before. So you can listen to Horses in the Morning live five days a week. And all of our special events like Road to the Horse, Radiothon, and all of that can now be listened to through our app. That's the best. Yep. Yep. That's the love biggest it. change, and love they said the sounds even better than on your computer. So I don't know why that is, but um, that's cool. Oh, yeah, well, excited. the speakers are better
1: on yeah, the speakers are better on on most people's phone now.
0: That's true than on the computer.
2: It's crazy, yeah. Yeah. It's so crazy.
0: yeah, so crazy. And then also we had uh, a film crew at the studio here in Ocala over the weekend. They came in and uh, filmed us doing the morning show on Friday, and then they went and filmed somewhere else. And they came back on Saturday morning. That you'd love this, Philip. They came back. Back on Saturday morning and spent three quarters of a day here filming. They did about three hours of me in the studio. Jeez, this whole filming thing is a pain <laughs> in the butt.
1: That's the next uh, level. Huh?
0: You're oh, man. Star. You're
3: short of. Yeah, what but I, it, they
0: took an hour to set up just the lighting in the studio. And I sat there and just answered questions for two hours. And then they would go, well, why don't you reword it a little bit more this way? Same answer, but let's say it this way. You know, you do that three or four times and I, i'm going what Take a pain two. in the ass it is. Yeah. <laughs> i love it I you know with it. us it's you so just get help. what you get it's first time yeah. around that's all you get that's yeah. uh, that's the best we're gonna do doesn't get hey, any better
2: uh i just thought of this i think one, the show is is the start of is it our fourth year i started june 1st yeah
0: that's true oh it we is our fourth year together. then well congratulations
2: it's
0: our anniversary show. So, yeah. We all
2: forgot. <laughs> I just was petting my dog. And, and, and I remember that I started Illustrated Network around June 1st because it's Annie's birthday, too. So Annie's eight. So there you go.
0: Half <laughs> so of Annie's you life you've been doing this show. So glad. Wow. Question, a question. Well, yeah. how,
1: where can people see this video footage? Like, well, what, what was it for? And, it was and for do we... a
0: documentary called uh, "The Messengers," a podcast documentary. It's all about uh, podcasting and podcasters, and it's about podcasters who you know who have messages and try and get the word out about their niches. Uh, and we're going to be featured in it because we've been doing it for a long time now, almost five thousand episodes for nine years. Uh, so we're going to be featured in it. They actually did some footage. You'll love this, Reese. Uh, they did some drone footage. They had a very fancy drone that does 4K video, like super high def. And this is one of the expensive drones. And they flew it, and Jennifer rode her new thoroughbred, and I drove scooter. And they got us from, from, from really high up uh, doing the horses, and then it got right over us doing circles underneath, it was, cool. it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. And then they did, Philip, you'll love this. They did the carriage from the side in super slow motion. So you what? saw Scooter and the wheels going really slow, and Scooter. It was really cool to watch. Um, but, awesome. And you know, they did hours of footage, and we'll be three yeah. minutes in the film. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, That's a so lot of cool, though. I, I know that Glenn, you do a lot of editing but editing, not but like that. A no, lot editing, <laughs> no yeah. I mean it was yeah.
0: hours of footage, literally hours. <laughs> the drone footage was really, really cool. They're gonna put a That's so cool. They're gonna put a little video together for us to just show that. So very cool yeah, was'm I'm,
1: I'm glad they're getting the, the word out about podcasting because I still have to try to explain people. Yeah. Uh, about what you know, sort of what we do on Thursday evenings and like no, you you don't have to turn it do you don't have to tune into your radio. Right.
0: And listen whenever <laughs> you want. It's still it's the like, biggest battle we have.
1: Uh, that, yeah. yeah.
2: Sure.
0: It
1: can be frustrating.
0: And if people would only know, all they do is download an app and hit play. It's that simple. It's That's so simple. simple. Yep. Well, I, I love it.
2: Well yeah. very cool. I love it. Well, Reese, I very saw good. a lot of
0: pictures. You had a fun week with the gang over there at uh Maybe yeah,
2: we did. We we had our local horse show, our Kentucky Dressage Association show at the horse park. And um big shout out to Ashley Rand on a horse that uh, we've had. Uh, for. It's her grandma's horse, actually. And uh, she started at first level. He had shown through fourth level. Uh, Renz is his name. But uh, we did our first I1, uh, two I1s. Very good scores both days. She's qualified for regionals. So that was super cool. So big shout out to Ashley and Ren fun. for their first She's been first working pretty hard. Here.
4: Yeah.
2: She has. She has. That's so fun. that was really cool. So you can see a picture of us. Uh, that was right after she came out and we were giving the thumbs up. It was fun. Sure. So. And you, too, Phil. you. I mean, it is busy. It's so time for us right now.
1: Oh, it's so crazy. Um, it all <laughs> happens at once. So we just shipped all the horses in today to the horse show. We're going to be there until Sunday afternoon, evening. And, uh, So that's where I was, uh, running around, you know, uh, picking up the horses, getting them to the show and dropping them off and then doing, you know, giving everybody half an hour warming up, you know, sort of running through a test or two. Um, Just they're ready to compete tomorrow. So the weather is absolutely beautiful here. Um, Rub it in. Rub it in. It's just just perfect. You know, it's just high 70s, low 80s. Awesome. I think it's going to be just an awesome weekend. Everybody... Our, from my crew is kicking butt, and I think we're going to do great. So,
2: awesome! Well, we have a weekend off, so we will be. We can't wait for a shout out uh, for your crew next week. So, have a yeah, great show! Good. And now we have some tips, right?
4: We have some tips to make your dressage test better.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're getting this uh, this uh, article um, from Horse and Hound, and this is uh, they've got Isabel Wessel's giving nine tips for dressage success. Um, and I think they're pretty cool tips. So we thought we'd just bring them on the show. Uh, if any of these tips help our riders, showing, uh, I think that's pretty cool. So uh, maybe we'll just get right to it. What do you think?
2: Yeah, that sounds great. We'll let you read them since I can't <laughs> see them.
1: <laughs> you have no computer <laughs> access for sure. No problem. I have
2: no computer. Uh, the
1: first tip is pretty. I think they're all sort of basic tips that we have to think. You know, we can, you know, think about them and and make sure we're doing it. Um, I think the first one is get out competing on a regular basis. So I think that's a big one for us here in Canada because our show season is really kind of short, and uh, we can certainly you know do one show and not feel great about it, and then not want to show for a month or two. But I think if you just uh, if you just keep doing it, you keep just keep showing. I think you can uh, you can learn how to be good at competing. I don't think you learn how to be good yeah. by staying at home. So I think no, that's and
2: you know. If, like you said, you have a very shortened season and, um, you know, we have a longer season here in Kentucky. We really can start in March, but you know, that brings up a good point because we had, uh, another writer from our barn, who married us, who did a great job this weekend. You know, her first test was pretty rusty, but honestly, it was her first show. It was literally the first time she'd gone down the center line. She's, um, from Boston. She's not from here. So it was her first time sort of showing with our group. And, you know, next year I even said to her, you know what, we need to make sure you get to some schooling shows before it sort of counts. And, you know, if you can't, we're lucky we have a nice um, schooling show here. Um, But even during the summer uh, at our local park, uh, two local judges uh, go every Wednesday night. They sit in the judges booth and they judge You you pay ten dollars. And it's called Summerbird, and you go and you ride your test, and you get your feedback from these judges. And it's an awesome little community service yeah, they that, do. Yeah, that
1: is absolutely amazing.
0: Yeah,
2: it's fantastic. And but you could mirror that at your farm. That's not hard to do. Or you yeah. know your trainer can you know go go to somebody's farm, or you can get creative if you don't have sort of access like we do here, or or schooling shows. You know you can have little schooling shows, or even have four or five of your friends come over and, you know, uh, have a judge or someone sit and and judge you and give you some good feedback. Um, I think it's really important. And, you know, I, I even I even said that to Meredith, literally. I said, you know what, your first score wasn't very good. We should toss it because there was a lot of nerves and the horse was nervous and she was nervous yep. and, and hot, you know, just da 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 And so I think it sounds so simple, but, you know, like Get you said, out you there. Guys have realize, doing it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you have a shortened season, and but to be able to go out, even have a dress rehearsal, you know, get all your clothes on, you know, make sure everything fits and it's clean, and you know, cause the worst is when you're trying to get ready for your test, the first show of the year, and you're like, oh my gosh, I forgot to buy a hairnet, or you know, it, it sounds simple, but I think it is really important to do it. Um, and yeah, yeah so uh, I would This, this
1: us to, I think it's a nice sort of thing right into the next. Uh, tip is to set yourself realistic targets. So I think that you know that goes right into where you're saying this is your first show. You know, maybe you, you know you have to say uh, for a lot of riders, just getting down the center line and completing the test is a big win. You know,
4: I yeah. think a lot oh, of yeah. us have
1: uh, high aspirations to do well, but you know when you're first getting out, just you know you don't fall off. That's a great day.
4: Yeah, that's that's exactly. What that's why I tell people. I, you I know, say that, you that every fall, day.
1: Fall off. The rest is just horse dancing you know, stay in the saddle. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, sorry. Go ahead.
4: No, no. Then I
2: was going to say, you know, then the next day, uh, your goal can be a little bit higher and that is okay. I didn't fall off the first day. Excellent. I lived everyone's fine. Okay. Now I'm a little bit more organized. Let's go more for a little better score or a little better ride. And, Walk through yeah. it or, or whatever
1: you're doing. Yeah. So do the like do the it. steps, you know, and just, you know, knowing where you and your horse are are at and discussing it with your coach about, you know, how do you think, you know, what should I be looking to achieve here and, and how do you think I'm gonna do and, and what's a realistic target for me and my horse. So yeah. I think that's no, a good I love one. Yeah, uh, and number three, uh ride at a higher level at home. So you need to be training, uh everybody says at a level above. So I think that's you know that's good that's realistic. Um, even two levels above is great. You know that's uh, we talk about that a lot. I think that we've given that tip quite a bit. So
2: um. yeah, no, I think that that's right. And it's hard, you know, when you're when you're doing training level. I mean, it really is hard to to do that, but it, you will work up to it. That yeah. Where you're you're competing a level higher or lower than you are
4: yeah. showing. So. Yeah, our
1: our next one number four here is. Uh, plan ahead. I think we've done a lot of um, yeah. tips and shows with people who who talk about planning different things uh, ahead of time and making sure you know all your stuff is packed and you and you're thinking of every contingency and and that's a big one for for me because I'm not a great uh, spur of the moment <laughs> member of stuff. So I have to do a lot of planning.
2: So it's awful. Let's just let's call it state of state. So it's awful. It drives me crazy. I'm sure Meredith wants to tell you all the time. Like I, I'm one of those that like I just sleeps in my you know my clothes in the morning. So I like yeah, you drive me crazy. But, <laughs> okay, it all seems to work out, but for me, I it would give me a stomach ulcer. So, but I'm yeah, a planner, I just, so I have to have all it all laid out.
1: Going guy, when, when I I mean inevitably I forget something all the time, but I'm just sort of okay <laughs> with that at this point. Although one time I, I did for, I did forget my to take my, my riding boots to a show. And I had to borrow somebody's boots. That's not that's,
4: cool. That's that was bad. very yeah.
1: terrible. Yeah, I felt bad about that one.
4: Yeah, I bet you never do that again. Yeah.
1: All right, next one. Next I, tip.
4: Okay. This is a
1: great one. And I think this is, you know, sort of everybody's like, oh, it's a no brainer, but you got to know the test inside and out, backwards and forwards, and having ridden it a lot. And I mean, that will give you confidence, and confidence will lead to success. So, um,
2: you got it. I mean, it's, it's easy, really. But,
4: yeah, you gotta
2: know it. Yeah. you gotta know it. And you know what? There's really kind of no excuse for it. I know, I know that's mean, but I, I helped someone over the weekend who um, I was helping for another coach, and she didn't know her. Te- I mean, literally, we were down there. She didn't have a textbook, and she didn't know her test. Well, thanks. I mean, I had my cell phone, so I pulled the test up. And here I'm trying to read off of the phone, and you couldn't well, see because it was so sunny. Her oh my god it was a disaster and I thought no wonder why you're so nervous like you're not at all prepared for this and <laughs> oh it was, it was I mean, just like even
1: even if you do know your test and I've you know I've been there I've helped lots of people you know you um, will definitely you know have moments where you're sort of forget it like you're doing the test and you're going you know across the diagonal and then you're just like oh no where am I going but mm-hmm. if you really know it really well it'll you know it'll come back and you'll and you'll get it or you go off course, and you know that's not the worst thing in the world. But you're a lot better off if you, you know, if you practice the test, you you memorize the test. You can, you no, know, say it say it at any point where you know you can just do it. So that's a good one.
0: You know what? You can tell even as a horse husband. I can tell the ones who are struggling to remember the test while they're doing the test. You can yeah, you can true. tell, right? I mean, yeah, oh, yeah. It's like watching no, a I speaker. Oh, go yeah. Ahead.
2: No, I don't mind reading for someone. I I think you know I I just don't want to read if you really really don't know your test, you know, or you're flustered. It just right. it leads to being flustered, and it's you know it's okay to you know have a read. I'm I'm for having a reader. I'd rather give you a reader than for somebody to mess up because they're so nervous. But you have to know it so that you're not freaking out because. You don't have a reader. You can't hear your reader or, you know, or yeah. the reader's phone goes down or whatever. You, know, you, need to, you need to have some level of knowledge
1: of the test. So. All right. So our next tip here, number six, is concentrate on what you're doing. And I like how they put this in the article uh, from Horse and Hound. Don't look at other people too much and don't feel inhibited by working or warming up alongside the, the big names. Concentrate on what you're doing with your own horse. If your horse becomes distracted during the test, put it behind you and concentrating on what's next. So, um, I think we, we've talked a lot about that. Um, you know, a lot of writers have given us tips about, you know, riding a good test is about, you know, being in the moment and riding, you know, where you're at. And, and when you go to a big show, you know, not looking at, you know, the big fancy Grand Prix horses and just, you got to get in your own head and get in your own zone. Right.
2: Totally. And I will tell you, um, I actually got in trouble with this when I was younger. Um, I like, because I'm pretty friendly, as we all know, and I'm shabby. <laughs> um, but I used to be on I'd be like, oh, okay, okay. You know, And finally, my coach is like, zip it. When you're on the horse, you're here to ride the horse. Quit talking to people, quit saying hello. Like, you're not being rude. You just need to ride your horse and not be focused on what other people are doing. And so I really do take that to heart. So if you do see me at a horse show and I don't say hi. Don't talk riding, to her. That's fine. <laughs> don't talk Run. to me because I won't <laughs> answer. You know, I had to really train myself that at that moment in time I need to be completely, I'll talk to whoever's grooming for me and my coach. And that is it. I won't, I just won't talk to someone because it sort of kicks me off of, uh, of the focus. So hey, um, usually yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, yeah, I'm distracted.
0: I saw a coach once and this was his favorite line. He always would say eyes and brain forward. If she, if he had a rider that kept looking down, you know, and was not looking forward, and you could tell he wasn't he was focusing on all the wrong stuff. He always used to say eyes and brain forward. Uh, yeah, yeah. I love it. Yes.
2: Yeah. That's, That's true. a good one. Very true. Yeah. Good so one. I like next, it. That's uh, a good one.
1: Our next tips, number 7 here, um is to take your time. I think in the test, you know, we always are focusing on forward 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 forward. But uh, and sometimes, you, you know, forward-forward becomes rush-rush and run-run and, and, and people don't uh, – you don't get to show your best stuff if your horse is running around the ring, cutting corners or just being nervous, uh, having a nervous rider and, and the horse looking nervous. And so, um, you know, you should need, need to – what I try, tell my riders is just prepare for each movement and then execute each movement. And half-halts are your best friends. so um,
4: Well, and if
2: you think about it, you're only in the ring for like – four minutes or six minutes or something it's a very, very short, short amount of time think of all the work you put in for that six minutes.
0: <laughs> good one Here's what i yeah. tell people
2: you know you have worked you know for six months or a year to be in there for six minutes and it's like enjoy it think take your time you know i have written the fastest pre-saint george on record i think it was I was like, oh, I watched the video. I'm like, what? Where are I going are <laughs> at doing? the speed of light? you know? <laughs> Slow down, enjoy it. So, you know, literally we figured it out. One time we went to a horse show and we literally drove more hours than minutes we were in the ring.
0: Yeah. <laughs> this is
2: when we, my sister and I were do, doing young riders and we had to drive quite far. Oh. And, um, you know, it's like, Okay, so I really should really take my time because there was a lot of effort went into those six minutes. So that's something to think about. Take your time.
1: Yeah, good one. Uh, number eight, get the basics right. They're the hardest thing to do, and that's what you should be focusing on. It doesn't matter what level you're doing. You have to ride, you know, rhythm, relaxation, suppleness. You know.
0: Oh,
2: and I don't know about you, Phil, but there's a couple of things that drives me crazy. If your <laughs> center lines aren't straight. Like if you aren't yeah. on the center line, that drives me crazy because that is something. Okay, I mean your horse can spook or whatever, but in general, you should get an, a seven or an eight without question on the center line in the hall. Because that's yeah, just in the hall,
1: cause that's the basics, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I think if if you're building from a solid uh, idea of basics, everything will go right. Every, yeah. Everything can only only has a chance to succeed, right? So you know, mm-hmm. think about the. The things that you, when you started riding dressage, or you know, if you have, uh, if you are just a beginner still, you know, think about what you get harped on the most for, and and you know what you learned to do when you first started riding. I think that's just the simplest stuff will set you up for success. So, um, oh, I, I totally like that. agree. I
2: like well, that. Well, the other tip. thing, which is like transitions, yeah, like yeah. The transitions. There's it so many of them in
1: every level, at every so test.
2: Many. Do them well. Oh do them well you know if you pick up the raw canner lead this happened at the horse show you know you're trying to fumble along and you're doing flying changes sort of going to the third level it happened to two of my students and I literally almost died it was just when they picked up the canner they both just didn't prepare so then they were scrambling to get to their half fast in the third level you pick up the canner and then you ride a half fast and it was like you guys what are you doing <laughs> and uh, so that was like right on my mind you know because it was like you know, so then they not only got a terrible transition score, then it really bled into all the canter work. And, and one, one was able to sort of regain their confidence. The other one, it just got worse and worse. And it was really started from a simple transition where the horse was a little crooked and it yeah. didn't go well. So good things to remember for sure. Yeah,
1: Basics, basics, basics. Um, mm-hmm. And the last one, the number nine, is you can ask for feedback. Most judges are happy to discuss the test if they have time after. You know, bring your sheet with you, and as long as you are polite and respectful, not confrontational, I think the judges, most of them, will be pretty happy to discuss your test with you. So I that's think that's cool. what you In know. Your coach. Cool, you know. Yes.
2: Yeah.
1: If yeah. if, they, the if judges... they're not too busy rushing around, then yeah. I think most of them will have time for you. Uh, sometimes at lunch, you know, I might talk over uh, something with a judge or whatever. Not to say, oh, I should get an eight here, or you know, just say, what did you see? You know. And and you mm-hmm. can get uh, even more feedback than what they've you know sort of written in the test, and um sometimes they don't maybe remember you. They they they, they you know judge a lot of tests over a day, so you know you got to bring the score sheet with you, and 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 they can help you figure out if you got some issues with at a level or or some problems. You can uh, you can uh, that's a useful tool. So I love that's it. The nine tips about whistles uh, from Horse and Hound. We thank them very much for being able to talk about these things and. Hopefully, they help all of our riders.
0: Well, now we're going to hear from EcoVet, and we're coming back with Dr. Embley, all about keeping your horses from overheating.
3: Wouldn't it be wonderful if your horse could enjoy a zone of repellency from pesky flies? Well, he can with EcoVet. EcoVet is an entirely new type of fly repellent that is safe for horses and those applying it, offering a real alternative to toxic pesticides like pyrethrins. EcoVet confuses an insect's normal directional ability, the bug's GPS if you will, so if it can't locate your horse, it can't bite your horse. Dr. Wendy Ying from the Driving Radio Show has been using it in South Florida, also known as the Jurassic Park of Biting Insects, and she just loves it. EcoVet's active ingredients are naturally occurring, food-grade fatty acids that have been clinically shown to improve the condition of horses with difficult-to-treat sweet itch problems. EcoVet is effective on mosquitoes, ticks, noceums, as well as flies. You can visit EcoVet online at eco-vet.com for more information or to order. You can find EcoVet at Dover Saddlery Stores and EcoVets on Facebook. Just search EcoVet, E-C-O-V-E-T.
0: Well, you know, EcoVet's been a sponsor now. This is our second year with us, and a lot of our auditors are using EcoVet fly spray now. And one of them had a question because it does use palm, palm kernel oil. In EcoVet, and apparently there's concerns about palm oil coming from rainforests, and they're destroying rainforests. Yeah, destroying rainforests
1: right. and habitats for orangutans. Yep. Well, about this, yeah. they
0: contacted Dr. Jim John, who you've heard on, on the show before. We did an interview with him about that, and this is what his answer was. He said, we get our palm kernel oil from Emory, uh something chemicals, Uh, and this is what they say. They are derived from uh, palm kernel oil from palm trees on plantations in Malaysia. It's very important to note that they are a member of the RSPO, which is a roundtable on sustainable palm oil, which means they are certified that their palm kernel oil comes from sustainable farming in plantations and not as a result of the rainforests. So if you had a concern about the palm oil in EcoVet, then you don't have to worry about that. It comes from uh, where it's supposed to come from. and Arms. Yeah, that sounds so. pretty good. Cool. Yeah. All right. So I know that, that if it was a concern from our auditors, it must have been a concern for other people. And uh, several of them went out and bought more gallons. So if, if you're looking for Can the you? ultimate in fly sprays, then check out EcoVet uh, fly spray.
2: Well, next on the show is Dr. Ashley Embley from Rudin Riddle Veterinary Hospital here in Lexington, Kentucky. Well, tonight I am so happy to have Dr. Ashley Embley. She's an ambulatory and sport horse vet for Rudin Riddle on the program. Ashley, welcome.
4: Hey, welcome. It's nice to be here.
2: We are so happy, and you are our vet here at Maple Crest Farm, and I grabbed you tonight because we're really talking these couple weeks about sort of heat safety uh, for horse and for rider. So I wanted to talk tonight with you about some issues that you see. You see, as, as, you, as we know, you see a ton of sport horses. So can you kind of tell us a little bit about what you do in your practice and then start to talk to us a little bit about what we can do for heat safety?
4: Yes, um, I am primarily a sport horse veterinarian, like you said. I see hunters, jumpers, saws, venters, rainers, driving, polo, a little bit of everything. And I spend eight months of the year here in Lexington, Kentucky, and four months of the year down in Wellington, Florida. Um, so I, I actually sort of live in the never-ending summer because I leave. Kentucky in the cold months and head to Wellington, where it can be 80 degrees. So I I live in the hot, I did this, I like the warm, um, but um, performance horses, I do a tab pro and ever so often thoroughbred, but mostly performance horses. And I guess as far as heat problems, um, you know, I see a lot of it. One of the most common things that maybe people don't think about a lot is, trailering horses in the heat and if you have to go somewhere to a horse show and you're sticking them in a trailer for a long period of time to get there um some trailers are air conditioned some of the big commercial vans but if you're just throwing them in the back of your two horse and trucking down the road three or four hours i think sometimes people forget the toll that trailering can sometimes take So what are some techniques you can use trailering?
2: Like, what are some things you can do before you get into your trailer to have that horse ready to go?
4: I think that's really important, and um, the, the preparation. I always tell people, you know, one thing you can do is always have, if you're getting ready to go somewhere, you can have a regular bucket of water, just plain water hanging in their stall. And then I always like to add a second bucket. And I try and say, you know, make it really tasty. You can enrich it. Uh, You can make a little sweet tea by adding a little handful of sweet feed to a bucket of water. And sometimes they'll like to fish for the grain at the bottom or makes it extra tasty. Or there are a lot of commercial products available um, that... You can, same, similar thing where you can add in, it looks like grain that has an apple flavor or a peppermint flavor, and it will encourage your horse to drink. Um, Also, you could use Gatorade or apple juice, anything that your horse likes to drink. If you find something that you can add just to get more water in them um, prior to going, because a lot of horses stop drinking in the trailer. Um, And then if you have an extreme trip, um, you know a lot of times i'm dealing with the horses that maybe are shipping from florida to kentucky or from kentucky to california and when you're talking about really long trips i even sometimes go out and tube the horses myself like go out actually pass it to you, and give them water and electrolyte just because especially if you have a horse that you know will not drink on the trailer um my little girl rides, and we have a ton of ponies. And we have one particular pony who it does not matter how long that pony's in the trailer, she will not touch water in the trailer. So anytime she goes on a long haul, I actually tube her before we go.
1: I was just wondering about what are some signs that that you've seen that the horses are in heat distress or are overheated? What are, what should we be looking for as riders?
4: Well, they get uh, the main thing. I mean, some of them with heat, two things. You know, one is your horse sweating. So a lot of times horses will stop sweating in extreme heat and then you'll notice they start hyperventilating. They will actually their respiration rate will go up and they will be puffing. And that sometimes is because they're not sweating and there's no way for them to blow off the heat. Another thing is that they become incredibly dehydrated, sluggish. Um I always tell everyone if you're not familiar with the skin tent, it's a very easy task that you can do to sort of check your horse's hydration status. There are a couple things. You can pull um, a little bit of skin from in front of the shoulder, right there on the neck, pull it up. And when you let it go, it just sort of go back into place very quickly. With a dehydrated horse, you'll notice that you pull that skin up, and then it just stays there a while and very slowly goes back into place. Also you can take a look at their mucous membrane, their gum. So what you lift their gum is you push down. Uh, we call it capillary refill time. And so that's basically how fast the vessels fill back up after you push down and depress. So a normal horse's capillary refill time should be about two seconds or less. So you take your gum and push it on your horse's gum, it'll make a white spot. And then when you take your thumb away, it should return to the normal color of the gums within about two seconds. And if it doesn't, and you know that it's taking three or four seconds, then that means your horse is probably pretty dehydrated. So once we once we've kind of trailered
2: to the horse show, and let's say we're at the horse show, it's hot, and we're gonna stay there a couple days. What are some things that we can do while we're sort of at the competition? And, you know, we talked about a little bit about what to look for, but what are some things to kind of be preventative once we're there and we're staying there for a little while?
4: Also, one option that you always have too, and it's sort of an extreme option, but not necessarily. It depends on, you know, it, it really comes down to knowing your horse and knowing what they can handle and what their comfort level is and how they feel. I mean, if you ride them and they're just not their normal self, they're kind of a little sluggish, maybe a little punky, intravenous fluids are always an option, and especially for... You know, if if you're going and you're going to ask your horse a big question, I mean, you're going, it's really hot, you're about to, you know, go cross-country, a lot of our people actually will pop a catheter in and run the horse's 10 liters of fluids. And in extreme heat situations, it is a very quick way to adequately hydrate your horse. Other simple things, though, you know, are wetting your hay, making slushies. If you can, um, if they normally get a scoop of grain, adding a little water in it, making a little flurry. I think the most beneficial thing we can do for our horses in these type situations is adequately hydrate them. Because if, just like people, if you stay adequately hydrated, you're much better. It's the dehydration that sort of starts taking scratch. stress. And, and also, what do you think, hanging fans,
2: you know, do you think that that's a good way to kind oh,
4: absolutely. Of help? Absolutely. Fans are fantastic. And, and proper, you know, cooling down. I mean, certainly lots of ice and hosing. Um, I always found it just interesting as kind of coming up through the system, you know, you say, oh, we'll be careful, you know, cooling down your horse and everything. But then, you know, when you go to Rolex, you know, actually stand the horses in ice afterwards. But if you have a horse that is extremely overheated, you know, those are measures you can take, um, getting tons of cold water on them, you know, start with their legs first. You always do want to start hosing with the lower extremities and then work your way up. But I and all of these things would be good. Um, and having extra water, like we talked about the trailer situation. Um, Sometimes you're going somewhere and there's an accident and there's a big pileup and you get stuck on, um, on a road and you're stuck there for 45 minutes. Well, make sure you have plenty of water packed with you to go offer your horse water during this time. And, you know, another thing to think about, and this actually happened to me when, when I was in high school, um, I was showing in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and it was probably 104 degrees. And, We were on the interstate headed back home, and there was a terrible wreck. And we were stopped for three hours while they were airlifting folks. And my horse was fully wrapped. I had all his leg wraps on. He was wearing a head bumper. And it was so hot. You know, that's the first thing I did. I went back. I offered him plenty of water. I actually took off his leg wraps Because if you think about something like that, I mean, we were worried about extreme Heat exhaustion for him in that situation because we were there on the black pavement. He's in a two horse trailer, no airflow, and um, all those basically clothes on his legs, we took those off, we hosed him with water that we had brought and had water for him to drink as well. So I think the best thing to do is always be prepared and sort of think about what can happen and just making sure you have adequate stores when you go on trips, when you go to the horse show, pack your pants, pack a hose, just in case you can't find a hose.
2: Yeah, no, these are all fantastic tips. I think they're, they're very, very good. And like you said, I think being prepared is, is really critical. in all of these things, um, especially um, as it gets hot. And if you live in the South and, and it does, and, or if you're in Florida, I mean, it was, our last tour show, we, we kind of had to talk about taking semesters like this because our last show in Florida, uh, it was in the 90s. It was so hot and it was awful. So, um, well, Dr. Emily, thank you so much for your time tonight. How can our listeners find you online if they have more questions?
4: Um, They can go to rudeandriddle.com and we have an extensive website and a team of veterinarians and we're always here and able to field questions and able to provide services for all of our listeners. So thank you all so much for having me. It was a great time and everyone try and stay cool.
0: Well, it's a hot one out there, and the heat wave has hit much of the United States and the rest of the world. Well, don't let dehydration and electrolyte imbalance sideline your horse. Summer Games Electrolytes are formulated to replace both the electrolytes and the trace minerals that are lost when your horse sweats. Its concentrated formula allows you to easily feed the correct amount to meet your horse's changing needs. This uh, electrolyte was developed for the equine athletes at the 1996 Olympic Games in Atlanta. We all know that it can get hot in Atlanta. For horses on the go, use Summer Games Electrolyte plus paste. Each dose contains a serving of Nalox equine acid for double the protection against stress. And of course, you can find all of that at Kentucky Performance Products. They take out the confusion of choosing the right supplement. And you can find them at kppusa.com. That's kppusa.com. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief Girth at totalsaddlefit.com. So for this
2: week's Total Saddle Fit tip of the week, we are at first level in our segment that we are running. Philip, this is your idea, and I think it is fantastic. Um, I really have already used a bunch of the tips that we use, that we talked about last week Uh, as a training level segment. So this week we are talking again with Jennifer R. Roth on first level and I hope you enjoy because again I think these are this is a great series and and I'm really enjoying it for myself and all my students. So uh, enjoy Jennifer's discussion. Well we are so excited to have Jennifer R. Roth, small r judge, uh, an FEI rider and trainer back on the show. Jennifer welcome back. Hey! Thanks, guys. Thank you for inviting me again. You did
1: such a great job last time. We just thought, let's do it again.
5: Oh, go on. No, thank you very <laughs> much. Class, and it's so fun to, to chat with you guys this evening. I'm excited.
2: Well, so we are continuing our series on the judge's perspective and what we're looking for at each level. And now we are, we're moving up the levels and we are at first level. So talk to us a little bit about what is the purpose of first level?
5: Sure, absolutely. All right, so the purpose of first level, and I'm taking this directly from the the test that everybody receives back after they ride. And I want to reiterate the idea that people need to, get their tests out and not only read the purpose of the level, but read the directive ideas next to each movement, because there are some wonderful pointers there um, that I think people oftentimes forget about. Um, So I'm taking this directly from a first level test. Uh, It's to confirm that the horse demonstrates correct basics. And in addition to the requirements of training level has developed the thrust to achieve improved balance and throughness and maintains a more consistent contact with the bit. So again, back in 2015, they revamped all the purposes of the level. And I think an important thing that they added um, to the whole purposes of the levels is the idea of demonstrating correct basics and the whole idea that we build from one level to the next, that they're stepping stone. And they actually stated here in the purpose that they have done well at training level, they've confirmed the requirements there, and now they're ready to move on to first level. And have developed thrust. Now, when we talk about developing thrust, first level is the place we first see lengthening in both the trot and the canter. You know, you'll see lengthening both directions in all three of the first level tests. Um, and it's, you know, improved balance. So we're starting to talk about, you know, the horse being in better balance than maybe we saw at training or intro. Um, and it may, maintains a more consistent contact with the bit, but it's starting to be steadier in the bridle all the time. Um, you know, again, we were a little bit more flexible at intro and training level. We're starting to have, you know, a little bit higher standards coming first level. So that's going to be the purpose of first level. And what I also want to let everybody know, and, and probably everybody's caught on to this if they've thought about showing a first level test, you know, all trot work may ridden, rising, or sitting now. It used to be requirement. That you had to sit the trot at first level. That is no longer the case. Hasn't been for a couple of years now. Um, And that has, you know, that was done more to save like the horses' backs and to encourage people to ride more forward and all of that other good stuff. Um, And it's made it a bit more of an inviting level to most people because they see that sitting trot as a daunting task if you have a big mover or if you're just kind of learning the whole sitting trot. Again, rising, you can rise or any combination of rising or sitting. Um, throughout first-level tests unless it's a requirement to rise, which is, of course, the stretchy circle. Um, but I tell people, you know, people ask me all the time, you know, can I rise and can I sit? As long as it does not disrupt the performance, as long as you're not randomly throwing your horse off balance, you can rise and sit whenever you want. You can rise free stride, sit six, rise seven, sit two and a half. As long as it's not altering the balance of the horse and detracting from the performance, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, so, Just I a quick question about that. Sure.
1: Yeah, um, How important is it to be rising on the correct diagonal? How much do the judges look for that?
5: Um, interestingly enough, um, there's no rule that you have to be on the correct diagonal. The rule states that you have to change your posting diagonal when you change direction. They kind of didn't put in the fact that you have to be on the correct diagonal. At least not the last time I checked. That may have changed. Um, again, if it's not altering the balance of the horse. If you are posting on the correct diagonal and it's not making the horse unbalanced, we don't say a word about it. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that it's, makes it's aesthetically more pleasing because it's more traditional to post, you know, on the outside diagonal. Um, yeah. But again, if it's not doing any harm, then no harm, no foul. Interesting.
1: And where do you Where do you like to see the change of the posting diagonal on the... On the, the diagonal The posting line.
5: diagonal, like when you go across the diagonal or yeah. something like that. Um, what I always tell riders, you know, for referring, especially because it's his first level, the length and trot, I like to tell people either do it before you start the lengthening or do it after you're done. Don't do it in the middle or anywhere in before or, you know, before you. I'm sorry. Don't do the change of diagonal while you're doing your lengthening. Because the chances of you throwing your horse off balance or disrupting, you know, the lengthening are pretty great if you randomly change your potion diagonal in the middle. So I like to tell them, like I said, do it before you start or do it after. I personally do it after just because not always do I have a presence of mind to do it beforehand. Um, But there you go. When it comes to if you're just trotting across the diagonal, um, anywhere is fine. I like to do it at X because it adds a degree of symmetry to it. But as long as it happens somewhere on the diagonal, it's all
2: good. Got it. And how about that lengthening? Let's talk a little bit about that. That's the first time that you actually see sort of a transition within the gate. So can you talk to us a little bit about what you're looking for with the lengthening?
5: Sure, absolutely. Um, So when we talk about lengthening, you know, we want to see kind of a moderate change In the horse's land stride. We're going to be, when we first see it um, in first level test one, you know, we're looking for a moderate lengthening of frame and stride. You know, the the trot has to remain of good quality and regular. You know, the tempo has to be consistent. The horse has to be straight. And we want to see the transitions before and after, you know, the lengthening, that they're clear. Um, So we don't want to see people hit the diagonal and gun their horses and they go rushing across there in a faster speed. That kind of isn't really the purpose. Um, we do expect that the horse gains a length of frame, like it takes its neck and its nose out a little bit. I think everybody thinks that they have to keep the head, you know, back and in and all this other stuff, you know, that's actually going to deter the horse from wanting to cover more ground. So allowing the horse to stretch out just a little bit, again, I don't want it going across there, you know, on a floppy rein, you know, with its nose poked out into the next county. That's not the point either but allowing the horse to lengthen its frame just a little bit. You know, and we're looking for a little bit of a longer stride. You know, it doesn't have to be, we're not going to hold you to the same expectation that we were an extended trot in third level, but, you know, it's a place that we're starting to ask for, like you said, a change within gait and covering more ground without speeding up um, and maintaining that quality, you know, and not getting off balance in the middle, you know, just, balanced and steady and covering more ground don't chase it Got so it. it's a difference too you yeah know, sometimes people go across and, and don't honestly do enough or try to do enough either and so it's important that they remember to actually ask for a little bit of something too and it is a place you know that horses are just learning how to do it so we expect that it's not going to be perfect but we definitely want to see some effort
2: that makes total sense and how about the next thing that you see in first level test two is the leg yield it's the first time you're going to do that yeah the leg yield (laughs) can you tell us a little bit about what you're looking for with that
5: sure absolutely so i like to call the leg yield in first level test two a gentle meander because it starts (laughs) at l to the corner letter so it's from l to m and then um, l to h so it's it's three quarters of the long side, which to go 10 meters sideways, three quarters of the long side is not, there's not going to be a lot of crossover. It's more forward than it is sideways. And the whole purpose of the gentle meander at first level test two is, you know, to demonstrate control and alignment of the horse. You know, we don't, we want to see that the horse is controlled going forward and sideways in a straight way. Um, and that you have control of that shoulder, that the horse is aligned um, with reference to the long side, that you're remaining relatively parallel to the rail with the horse slightly positioned away from the direction of travel. And remember, leg yields don't have that. They have positioning. And oftentimes i will see somebody come down that center line for their gentle meander, and the head gets cranked around to the inside, and they shove the horse sideways. And inevitably when you bend a horse in a leg build, you lose control of that shoulder. And now we've got a, a crooked, gentle meander instead of, you know, the whole point of a leg yield, which is a, a straightening and control exercise, has gone out the window. So remember to keep your horses parallel to the rail, keep control of that outside shoulder, position it gently to the inside. And remember in this instance in first two, it's probably more forward than sideways. Um, the trot shouldn't change. Whatever quality trot you had in other places you keep that same trot in your leg yield it's not supposed to lose impulsion you know you're supposed to keep that same consistent trot um, from the beginning of the leg yield to the finish of the leg yield
2: got it and how about first three it's a little bit it's a little bit more difficult than the gentle meander
4: right uh, um... It is. It's a little back Sorry, and guys, forth. My... We got
1: a little bit of back and forth yeah, action yeah, it
4: like happening. It. <laughs> yeah, it, it go from a gentle
5: meander to a very dramatic sort of leg yielding. Um, I, I find this to be actually in first three. This, in addition to um, I think the circle 10 meter to halt, to circle 10 meter, yes. the leg yield sequence and the circle turn circle are the two most difficult things in first three that people yeah. seem to have the most trouble with. Um, we were talking about posting diagonals just a little bit earlier. So the leg yield in and out in this test, you know, oftentimes if I have a client that is going to rise the leg yield, I tell them to s- swap their posting diagonal. So the leg yield is from the left to the right. So you're coming from the rail in to X in this uh, test, and then from X back out to the corner. So you come around, I tell them to go from, Posting with the left shoulder to posting with the right shoulder, because oftentimes once you started that leg yield, if you're posting with what is now the outside shoulder in this leg yield, it helps riders to use their inside, their left leg.
1: Yeah, well, it's, it's actually a change of direction, side. isn't it? Yeah. You know, somewhere, somewhere right. after the corner, you have to change the direction of travel Correct. because there, yeah. there has to be a slight left bending and moving from away from that new inside leg you have to change leg. what the inside leg is right so that makes sense absolutely with your posting you have to We'd be change posting with the change your of
5: absolutely but for some reason some people don't think about it that way but those sure. of us that you know have to remind people of all these fun things when they're getting ready to go down center line they can't even remember their own name uh, <laughs> and, you know this 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 will help you out i promise It's a lot to think about but this will help you out so what you know so again we're looking for in that leg yield in and out You know, the alignment of the horse. You know, I will admit that that leg yield coming from the rail in, that's really hard. You know, the rail has a gravitational pull. It always sucks horses over. (laughs) So getting the horse to, like, break that gravitational pull and move away from the rail off that left leg is is a really hard thing to do. It often seems like the leg yield from X back to the rail is way easier for most people because the rail is drawing the horse over there anyway. Um, So, again, it's about alignment. Again, leg yields don't have bend. They just have positioning. And we're looking for the quality of the trot, the consistent tempo, that it's not like turning into this crawl as you try to move it sideways, that you have that same good quality of trot that you had through the other parts of the test. You're demonstrating that here. And it knows it's balanced and it's flowing. But, yes, straightness is the thing that you see fall apart the most. Oftentimes, you know, people are trying to get to X and it's a not easy thing to do. And all of a sudden we're on a diagonal and we've left the haunches in the back forty. You know, so really practice, you know, if you can get into a regulation size ring. So it's not a surprise when you get to a show or, you know, if you have, you know, go out and ride in your field and mark out, you know, where the different letters are, even if it's not a a ring per se. But know what it feels like to go 10 meters sideways in that short of space because it's not a lot of time. And people don't realize that until they get to a show and all of a sudden they're in the test going, well, that was a lot harder and I just got an insufficient score because I never even got close to X. Um, <laughs> so practice. Practice yeah. beforehand. Don't Geo- that's a you geometry get thing again, to it, so right? already too late. Yeah. Geometry. Absolutely. Don't lose unnecessary points. You know, it's, you know, you lose a half point or a point here or there. You know, that's the difference in a lot of times first place and last place. So make every point count. Don't leave points on the table when you don't have to. Yeah. So
1: it, no, I think, I think it's so true. Yeah. Yeah, that is. Uh, the next thing I wanted to talk about is it's also first three requirement is sort of the introduction to counter canter or the the loop in counter canter.
0: Yes. That
5: brief that moment counter canter in the canter loop. Um, yeah. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. They, I've seen again, it written in so many different like, ways. Coming off of Training 3, where in the rod and Training for you change the bend. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. People think it's the same thing.
5: So, in. Yeah, exactly. And it's not, because especially if you're riding a horse that, if you're lucky enough, has more training and maybe a flying change, if you go across <laughs> there and you pull on the <laughs> outbreak, pull its head the other direction, all of a sudden you've got a a lovely lead change that is definitely above the level and not what we're looking for. And we can't give you <laughs> extra credit points, unfortunately. Um, oh. So yeah, it's, the, yeah, I, it's just sad. I know that was a lovely clean change, but no. So yeah, it's the first introduction of counter canner and it's just a couple strides, you know, a little bit right before X at X and after X, but like counter canner, you know, you have to keep the bend towards the lead. So if you're doing the loop to the right, you know, you want to keep that right bend all the time. And again, it's just a few steps to counter-counter. It's the first introduction to it. You want to make sure you stay sitting into the bend. Maintain the degree of bend that you would, you know, normally for the lead. You know, don't go randomly cranking on the outside rein because even if your horse doesn't have a lead change, if you pull it back to the wall with your left rein, there's a good chance it's going to fall out of balance and either swap leads or break. Um so, yeah, really think about maintaining the bend. And it's, again, a, a, just a soft arc. People either try to ride it like a triangle, like it's a broken line, and then all of a sudden, you know, the degree of difficulty just got way harder. And, again, we're breaking or swapping or doing something we're not supposed to be doing and then we're not getting that eight that I want to give you. Um, but ease in, ease out, and make sure you get to X um, because that is the line that I am sitting on. I am sitting on the center line, and I will be able to tell if you don't touch the center line. So
2: get there. Yeah, that's a big one. That's a big one. Well, fantastic. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much for going through first level on our journey up the levels with the judge. Uh, And if our listeners have any questions or extra questions for you, how would they find you online? Uh, Find me on Facebook. Uh,
5: That is usually the place that I prowl and stalk other people the most. Um, On Facebook, I am Jennifer R. Roth. There are other Jennifer Roths out there. Um, But I am Jennifer R. Roth on Facebook. I also have a a farm Facebook page. It's Milestone Farms. And you can like that page. That would be awesome. And I'm redoing my website. So hopefully by the next time I talk to you guys, I will have something useful there um, that I can send people to, but not quite yet.
2: Love it. (laughs) Well, Jennifer, thank you so much. This was fantastic, and both Phil and I learned stuff. We really appreciate it.
5: Perfect. Well, thank you guys again for having me, and I look forward to talking to you in the future.
0: Well, now, before we end the show, I did notice that some of our uh, auditors and listeners have been getting the new Total Saddle Fit Saddle Pad. So why is it becoming popular? Because it's awesome. Yeah, it's just the
1: best. (laughs) yeah I have to say that um i was we just i have two of this i have two of the, I have two of the uh, six point saddle pads now and uh was just washing them before the show and uh, they recommend the hand wash you know sort of a gentle wash uh, with a little bit of um detergent and that's what I did and they came out sparkling white and they weren't super dirty in the first place but um my pads look great so i mean you can see me. Hey, let me tell you. Can- try. In the show. Yeah,
2: and if Phil can do it. Anybody can do it. I'm just saying. <laughs> I am just saying. If Phil can get it sparkly white, right, yes, I mean, anybody can. Yeah, I mean,
1: good quality because I didn't. You know, I'm not really that gentle. Because you didn't I,
0: destroy him.
1: I didn't. Yeah, destroy I mean, the fact that
2: he can it make great. it sparkly white is magical.
1: <laughs> and, <then> that, <laughs> and I've got the one padded up for my one horse a little bit in the back, and it sits my saddle perfect. And ever since I've been using it. He's, you know, honestly, he's going better. I'm not because I I mean, Reese, you said to me, well, you know, there's a little issue with your saddle being a little tilted, Uh, you know, Mm -hmm. some stuff, and I said, yeah, you're, yeah, maybe you're right. So just put the little shims in the in the pad, and Mm -hmm. boom, perfect, boom,
2: done. Yeah, and I can see it on the video. So, yeah, it's it's fantastic, and. Again, um, Dustin is great about answering questions. and it, I mean, if you can see it on video, he can tell you how to help to trim it. Um, so yeah, it's can really
1: send him a saddle You say, here's my mm-hmm. saddle and here's the little issues. And he'll say, oh, you can shim here, here. And that's mm-hmm. awesome. I mean, it's such it's a great, great resource. What a great company to uh, to take care of its customers so well and to, to make such great products. And the best part, they're, they're just not that expensive. You know, when I right. take their, their pads versus some of the other companies, I mean, they're... They're better and they're cheaper. So why wouldn't you buy it?
2: Yeah, absolutely. The six-point saddle pad, really, honestly, everybody should own it, uh, especially if you're having any saddle fitting issues. Or you have young horses that you ride that are changing, and it, it's really a really good pad. Honestly, it's a very, very good investment. You will not uh, be sad that you have it.
0: Well, thanks, guys. I really appreciate you guys coming out here every week, even the weeks I'm not here to babysit you. Uh, we, and, well, we're we, glad today we, you're babysitting. Mission.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and we're glad you're babysitting Why? because it is so...
0: Why is it that the only time it storms in Lexington, Kentucky is on Thursday night at 6 o'clock when we're recording the show? It's so true. Just... It's true <laughs> every
2: week. Um, well, it is It is. It is kind of our stormy season. Uh, we were talking about today, turning the horses out at night. And you know what? We can't yet because it's just a few storming and storms last night and storms today, so been one of those it, it, we're in that pattern right now. Our grass is beautifully green, but oy, and we're cutting grass I swear every day. So uh no complaints on that end but what oh, sorry well, we wanna, so, but thank you guys for you know, working with
0: us. We also want to give our thoughts and prayers out to everybody in Texas who just oh man, yeah. it's just getting worse and worse it's down terrible. there. They went from 10 yeah. years of drought to uh flooding every day. So Uh, Yeah, Yeah, Well, you can find our show notes and today's guests at the website at dressageradio.com and all the links that uh, we have for the show there as well. Get the app, download it to iOS or Android. Just search for Horse Radio Network, and it's simple, and it's easy, and it's free. And uh, the Dressage Radio Show is one of the 10 shows on there. You can like us on Facebook at Dressage Radio Show, and also on Twitter. Sometimes I forget we even have Twitter, at Horse Radio. And Reese can be found at...
2: Well, my website is maplecrestfarmky.com, dot com, and my email is reese at horseradionetwork dot com.
0: And Philip can be found at.
1: You can find me on Facebook, <laughs> Philip Parks, and my email is philip at horseradionetwork dot
0: com. And uh, we want to thank our sponsors, of course, is uh, Kentucky Performance Products, Ecovet, and Total Saddle Fit. That's it. That's all I've got.
2: Everybody, I got it. Keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we'll talk to you next week mm <laughs>